The Christ child lay on Mary's lap. His hair was like a light. The Christ child lay on Mary's breast. His hair was like a star. Oh, stern and cunning are the kings, but here the true hearts are. The Christ child lay on Mary's heart. His hair was like a fire. Oh, weary, weary is the world, but here the world's desire. The Christ child stood at Mary's knee. His hair was like a crown. And all the flowers looked up at him. And all the stars looked down. Well, if you were out on the road today, you know that the whole world has gone crazy. Everybody is out and they're shopping and and it's just Everybody is like car after car, and, and you look in the rearview mirror and you think people are trying to climb in your back seat. And it's just a crazy time. People are going to, to try to get that last right present. People are going to, to find that one thing that they, they maybe don't think anybody's going to give them, so they, they put it away somewhere and then they give it to themselves. <laughs> well, Macy's has seen a 130% rise in store sales this year and a 40% rise in website sales. They attribute their success to the use of celebrities in marketing. They say people feel comfort when they know they're buying something identified with someone they know and admire. It appears that in 2011 AD, Bieber crooning and Jessica Simpson smiling and Donald Trump trumping is is a great formula for success. The light from their stardom illuminates the products they bring forth in the holiday season and all is well on 34th Street. I like Macy's and and I like star power. I like seven Trumps a-trumping, six Simpsons smiling, five Biebers beaming, four Alfred Gars, three Troy Hedspeths, two Jessicas, and a Letha Holland deal. But at Christmas, at Christmas, the illumination must be about other things or you risk missing Christmas. If you're like me, you need a lot of things this time of the year. And you're hanging out your stocking and you're hoping that, that somebody will fill it with, with five guys. Gift certificates. Maybe you need some new clothes. Maybe you need some new techno gizmo something that'll be great for about 90 days and then you'll need another techno gizmo something. Maybe you need a new attitude. Maybe you need a new direction in life. But it's safe to say this Christmas Eve, you need something. So sit back. And let me tell you a story of illumination tonight. A story that shines a light on everything and makes all things, as the carol says, makes all things bright. In the year one, Buddhism spread to the southeast coastal areas of Asia's mainland. In the year one, hieroglyphic writings began to appear in Mayan culture in what is now Mexico. In the year two, the first census took place in China. In the year six, the
the first Roman official was appointed to govern Judea as the empire continued to spread to the east. In that time period of history, a baby boy, a baby boy was born in Bethlehem of Judea. His life, teaching, career, death, and resurrection would change the world. He illuminated God. He illuminated your hearts. He illuminated the future. His name was Jesus. If you're like me, you need a lot of things this time of the year. But tonight, most of all, you need just one thing. You need illumination. For Christmas is the illumination of God. Christmas is the illumination of your heart. And Christmas is the illumination of your future. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they knew, they knew it had been written down for hundreds and hundreds of years. They knew exactly where to look. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. You see, Christmas is first the illumination of God, an illumination that is so much more than any picture or image we create. I got in trouble with a picture and an image when I was in Croatia this past June. One of the most incredible aspects of my trip from Rome to Dubrovnik to Venice was that everywhere I went, I saw images of Christ. It was as if he had walked from Jerusalem to Rome and everywhere he went, he had left some icon, some symbol of who he was, pictures Facial pictures, pictures of stories that he told were carved into doors of churches. There were crosses on the tops of houses, crosses on the tops of churches, crosses everywhere, sometimes just stamped into concrete on an inconsequential corner. Everywhere, his image was covering the world. His impact on us has been so great that monks are still painting his portraits and selling them today. That's where I got into trouble. I was in this tiny shop in Dubrovnik, Croatia, where the artistry of monks was displayed for sale. And I picked out a few items I thought would be good to remember the trip by. As I walked around the small shop, I finally picked out this 
rather larger image of Mary and the baby Jesus. It was stunning. The shopkeeper wrapped all of my selections and then presented me with the bill. I handed him a credit card, turned around and casually did the math from Croatian currency to U.S. dollars. Suddenly, I was sore afraid. Mary and Joseph cost almost four times what I thought I was buying them for. I couldn't afford what I'd purchased. Well, the man was a little flustered by, by my admission of poverty and said it would take him about 15 or so minutes to do the credit. I was happy to just be out of the deal. I told him I'd take a walk and come back. I was a little embarrassed. I was halfway down the block when I realized that I had walked out of the store with Mary and Jesus in my bag. I had stolen Jesus and his mother right out from under the monk's noses. What to do then? Do I run? I started to think about the shows where Americans do things they shouldn't do in foreign countries and they end up being put away for a long, long time and they are on some reality show. And I thought, oh, I don't want anybody at Spring Branch to see me on a reality show for stealing Mary and Jesus. When I went back to the shop, I thought it looked like the shopkeeper was already calling the authorities. He was on the phone. The Americans stole Mary and Jesus. I'd like to report him to you. I was in trouble again. But the truth is, you can't steal Jesus. You can't steal him. You can never steal him because he came to give himself away. He came to be the light of the world. He came to be the bread of life. Scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came to give himself away and he illuminated God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when you understand that, when you understand that this baby is the very person of God who came to show us how God thinks, who came to show us how God acts, what God would do when presented with a, a problem to solve, then you understand the illumination of God is spectacular at Bethlehem. Christmas is first the illumination of God. There's a second illumination. And we go back in time, hundreds of years before his birth, to hear the story in its early manifestations. Isaiah chapter 9. In the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What an, what an amazing prophecy. Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. 
Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Do you think this could have been part of the the sing-off? Was this pentatonics? I was just seeing if you're paying attention, that's all. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Christmas is secondly, the illumination of your heart. It's the illumination of the deepest motivation in your life. Christmas changes everything. It changes what you are doing. It changes how you are thinking. Christmas says there is no difference between faith and life. There's no difference between faith and sports. There's no different difference between faith and business. This is the illumination of Christmas. All is one. It's, it's your life. And what is your heart's desire? What are you following? What are you doing with this one life that God gave you to cherish and to take care of? You see what happened with the shepherds? They immediately became communicators. They went from being shepherds to communicators. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. God has called your heart to do something for him. God has called your heart to do something great for him. He's called you into an adventure, an adventure of illumination. For Christmas shines upon your heart and you will see what it is at the deepest place in your heart that drives you into life, that brings faith and life together. Christmas is the illumination of God. Christmas is the illumination of your heart. There's a final illumination. We go to one of Paul's letters where he wrote about a light, about an illumination. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Finally, Christmas is the illumination of your future. As you know him, as you know what he has done for you, as you know that he gave his very life for you, that he bought you with a price, then you know then you know that your future is in his hands. Then you know that your life is not lived out in a strength that comes from yourself, but it's lived out in a strength that comes from him as he guides you, as he shapes you through all the years of your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight, wrote Solomon long ago. And it's as true today as it was Millennia ago, your future comes one day at a time as you let yourself live out the prayer that he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a story about the future. That's a prayer about the future. That's a prayer about your life. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. When you understand that God creates the future in you and through you, you know that the strength and the power come from the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And it changes you. And you will live your life day after day, year after year, decade after decade, till one day, you know what will happen? Happens to us all. Your future will become your past. Your future will be summed up in a life and what you lived it for and who you lived it for. The other day, I heard a story. I was intrigued by the story. It was told by a person who heard someone from the family of Steve Jobs who was at his side when he passed away. And this person said, he said six words before he died. Six words. And I thought, what would Steve Jobs say just before he died? A man who, who changed our lives and touched our lives in so many ways through technology. What would he say? His last six words. And then I was surprised when I found out it was really only two words that were repeated three times. He said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And while I can't know everything about why he said those words I can, I can guess a little bit at what his words meant. He was at the end of his life. His, his future had become his past. He looked at his family. He looked at his friends. And he realized that it was so short after all. It was so short. That's what my mother said to me in the back seat of a limousine as we drove up the street where I grew up on in New Jersey after so many years. She and my father married 50 years. My father passed away. And she looked at me and she said, it all went so fast. You see, stories about Christmas are stories about the future and they're stories about the past and they're stories about the present. And it's all sort of wrapped up in one mysterious, wonderful story about God coming into the world as a baby. Christmas is the illumination of God. Christmas is the illumination of your heart. Christmas is the illumination of your future. You will always see better when Bethlehem illuminates your life. You will always live better when Jesus illuminates your heart. Your future will be illuminated by the power of God's grace. Your hope is Christmas. Your life is Christmas. Your future is Christmas. If you're like me, you need a lot of things this time of the year. But really, you only need one thing. You need illumination. As the carol says, all is bright. Merry Christmas. Dear Heavenly Father, as the mystery wraps itself around us, as the story begins to live inside of us, as we understand what the illumination is all about, take us from Bethlehem into the world this baby gave his life for. Take us from Bethlehem into the adventure of faith and life coming together all the time. Take us from Bethlehem into the illumination 
of Christmas. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.